Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, I'm John Jackson and welcome to the TalkSport Daily podcast where we kick things off today with Aston Villa's Jack Grealish and his big money move to Manchester City. It's all but confirmed with the player set to have his medical today ahead of the British record £100 million transfer. We'll hear from a rather unhappy United fan, former City winger Trevor Sinclair. But first, this is TalkSport's transfer guru, Mr Alex Crook. Breaking news on TalkSport. Huge, huge breaking news, Natalie. This is going to be a Premier League record transfer. Jack Grealish from Aston Villa to Manchester City. £100 million. TalkSport understands Jack Grealish is in Manchester today ready to sign on the dotted line. Well, I have to say I'm, I'm delighted for Jack. He's worked so hard. Not just he's on the pitch, but off the pitch. But I have to say I'm, I'm pretty shocked that Manchester City are going to go to these kind of prices to, to bring in players. They've never done it before, so I think I'm right in saying that in the past, their philosophy or their principles were, you know, to try and get players at lesser money than what we're looking at now. Have they won the Champions League? No. So that's why Pep has gone and bought Jack Grealish mm. and probably buy Harry Kane because mm. he wants the ready-made players and the kids that are fitter are not going to get a chance. Because so they're not as good as Jack fitter? Grealish, John. Why haven't you Jack promoted Grealish somebody from your academy good. instead of signing somebody who came through City's academy? It's a, it's a ridiculous Grealish argument. You can't expect Premier League clubs to produce year after year players who automatically go into the first team. It doesn't happen. If they produce professional footballers, one of their players, one of their centre-backs was at Fulham last year, may go on to have a decent career. Who knows? I think another one moved from Man United to, to Rochdale today, uh, a young kid. So... Who knows where he might end up? He might come back and, and be brilliant and end up back in the Premier League. It's, it's unrealistic to expect Premier League academies to have that many players come through and get into the first team. So what about Villa? They've already signed Southampton striker Danny Ings, as well as Bayer Leverkusen's Leon Bailey. But what do the fans make of Grealish's departure? We'll hear from a few of their supporters shortly, as well as three of their former players, Tony Cascarino, Carlton Cole and Lee Hendry. But first, this is Adrian Durham on why Aston Villa fans shouldn't be calling Grealish a snake. Trust in me, just in me. In terms of Jack Grealish and the fans calling him a snake, is that out of order? Yep. Why? Said, but they did the same with um, a few other players. So uh, Delph, again, couldn't turn that move down. And he's had success. He, he, he won medals, didn't he? They're Delph. Gareth Barry. How, how can you actually criticise these guys for leaving when they did? 
for them, it was for Manchester City when when Barry went, it was the start of that dominance, wasn't it? He could not turn that down. He'd have regretted it for the rest of his life. And Aston Villa, he hasn't been able to force his way into the England side, and he may be thinking, this is my best chance of doing that by going to a club that's regularly competing in the Champions League. Guide for Villa, because Villa have been a club that are really trying to make big strides with their owners and what they've spent and how they see the future. Villa was a club in desperate trouble a few years back, and now it's come out of that. And it's moving forward. It's a bit of a step back. Made a couple of signings. Ben Dreher, obviously, from Norwich and uh, Leon Bailey, which mm-hmm. is some positives. But the loss of Jack is going to be a big impact <clears> on the part, without a doubt. You know, he's an Aston Villa fan, like myself. Some fans will feel that he's turned his back on the club, for sure. And um, There's no doubt about that. Personally, I'm happy for him. But do you know why? I feel like he's a bit of a traitor. I feel like, you know, he's left us now. He's left us in the lurch a bit. I think this is more about football. It's more about medals. And unfortunately, the and I would have loved to see Jack be at the football club and, and then build something quite special at Aston Villa because they've certainly got the backing with the board and the money to go and do that. I will not wish him any success at all. It just seems hollow. He even Scott Carson has won a Premier League medal at Man City. So when I hear people say, you know, oh, he's gone to win medals, well, so what? It may be his last game for the club, but Jack Grealish has just fired it into the top corner to ensure that his boyhood club are surely staying up now. He's the best player I've seen in my time. I'm 35 now. So he's the best player that we've had that I've seen. So I can't begrudge him moving because why wouldn't he? He's going to be playing for one of the best coaches in the world. His favourite player is Kevin De Bruyne and he's going to be playing alongside him. You can't begrudge him that. It hurts more because this season we've kind of built a bit of a better squad than we've been able to previously and we've made some really good signings and it's kind of like he's going now when we're kind of on that progression upwards. Breaking news on Talk Sport. Southampton Football Club can confirm it has accepted an offer from Aston Villa for striker Danny Ings. He's no Harry Kane, but he's um he's up there, he scores goals, you know what he's about. Didn't have a lucky time up at Liverpool um due to injuries, couldn't get started over there. But when he went back to Southampton, done the job, got goals, and now he's going to Villa because he wanted a new challenge, so it's good for him. Thirty million pounds, I think it was, uh, for Danny Ings. Mm. That, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's a snip, I think, for a goal scorer nowadays. Um, you look at across, well, in the world, really, for a goal scorer that knows the, the Premier League, it's hard to it's hard to come by. So I'm really happy for him. Um, Southampton, I think they could have probably asked for a bit more, but yeah. um, it's good business for them as well because they, they, now they can go and find someone else that can replace him. Well, despite him reportedly still being in Florida, Tottenham do expect Harry Kane to return to training this weekend. The striker failed to report back from his summer break on Monday as he tries to force a move away from the North London club. Former Spurs forward Darren Bent thinks that Kane's £160 million price tag is just far too expensive. He's one of the best centre forwards in the world, but he's not worth 160 million. He's 28 years old now. He has had injuries. Because what are you going to get out of him? Four or five years? I just don't think it justifies spending that much money. So for Manchester City, you're right. They've got they've got the money to do it. But probably Pep Squad and the owners are probably thinking, well, no, 160 million is, is too much. 100 million, 120 million, that's probably more realistic, you'd have to say, for Harry Kane. But if Daniel Levy is saying, I want 140 million, 150 million, and Manchester City aren't prepared to pay that, or no one's going to pay that, then he's going to have to stay and play. I don't feel it, it, it's right for you not to comment about your star player going on strike. Not that I don't want to comment, 
I've, what I believe is this all this this uh, issue relation to Harry, I think we should discuss internally and among us try to avoid any kind of public argument or, or, or discussion about it. Ten years after he initially arrived at Stamford Bridge, Romelu Lukaku has reportedly told Inter Milan he wants to sign for Chelsea again this summer and there's growing feeling the deal will happen. Former Blues defender Scott Minto told TalkSport that they need to sign him if they've got any chance of matching Manchester City. Chelsea would do it and they have to do it. They need to do it because I genuinely believe City will get Kane. Not yet in a couple of weeks' time, probably after the two play each other, but I believe they'll get that. And if they get Grealish and Kane, then it's an absolute must that Chelsea get Lukaku. I really do. Here's Lukaku inside the area and he scores. When you look at Timo Werner's movement, it's, it's unbelievable. So a striker that's just honed in on goal, that knows, knows the Premier League, like someone like Lukaku, you could come in, work off um, Timo Werner's movement and he'll get bags of goals. And Timo, the other day against Arsenal, he set up, I think he set up Havertz's goal, didn't he? And Havertz finished with a plum. So he's a guy that you need in your team because of his movement. He opens up spaces, creates spaces for, for other players to go in. He's not a goal scorer, but he's up there. So someone like Lukaku coming, he's going to be loving. He's going to be licking his chops, mate. In light of the success of various former EFL players in recent years, TalkSport's resident football league expert Adrian Clark has picked out three names to keep an eye out for this season and three we may see in the Premier League in the not-too-distant future. Number three. It's Hull City 2, Oxford United 0. It's a double from Keane Lewis Potter. I'm going to take a bit of a flyer here on Hull City's academy graduate Keane Lewis Potter. Lots of solo goals, tap-ins, cool finishes. I think for a youngster, you look you look at youngsters and you think, what are they like in front of goal? In those moments that matter, and Lewis Potter was ultra calm. So, you know, he's a top player. Also like the way he travels with the ball. Yeah, Lewis Potter is essentially a left winger that scores goals. And, and I think he's on his way to stardom. Number two. Here's Bakuna for Cardiff City. It's 2 we've given it away. Adam Armstrong, first time ever down to the keeper. What a goal from Adam Armstrong. Next up, Adam Armstrong. Blackburn Rovers, not surprised that Watford and Southampton have shown big interest in him at all this summer. He didn't make it at Newcastle as a kid, but last season he scored 43% of Blackburn's championship goals. Scoring 28 times, which is very, very impressive. Two goals inside the six-yard box, two long-range goals, the rest of them in that haven, in between the six-yard box and the 18-yard box. In that zone, Adam Armstrong's deadly. He scored 16 the season before last, so I think he's now proven goal scorer in that second tier and, and a move to the Premier League definitely beckons for, for Adam Armstrong. Number one. Could come back here to Campbell, who shoots, and it's deflected in, and Stoke City have the lead, and Tyrese Campbell is on the score sheet again. Tyrese Campbell of Stoke City, he's 21, plays in, in, in those wider attacking roles, and he was absolutely electric at the start of last season. He scored six, made five assists in 13 starts, and without him, I've got to say, Stoke looked a little bit lost for the remainder of the campaign. He's quick, powerful, strong enough for defenders to bounce off of him. He's also a player with a little bit of finesse as well. He'll he'll take defenders on, he'll beat them with a trick. He's got that calm aura in front of goal. He can can conjure up a a range of finishes. And and here's a stat for you. Emi Brendia was actually the only player with more assists per 90 minute than Tyrese Campbell 
last season in the Championship, which I think t- tells a story. So, so if Tyrese Campbell stays fit, I think Stoke City can enjoy a, a big revival under Michael O'Neill this term. And don't forget the EFL action gets underway tomorrow night as Bournemouth take on West Brom. It's live on your home of the EFL, TalkSport 2. And it's been another great day for Team GB at the Tokyo Olympics with them now up to fourth in the medal table. There were golds in the show jumping and the sailing, a silver and a bronze in boxing, as well as a bronze for skateboarder Sky Brown. She's become Britain's youngest ever medalist at the age of 13. I'm so happy. It's insane to be here. I'm so happy to be on the podium with these guys. Um, They are so amazing. I mean, everyone ripped. I'm honestly just happy to be in Tokyo, but getting on the podium is insane. There's only two days to go until the Lions take on South Africa in the crucial series Decider, live and exclusive on TalkSport. We'll hear from Simon Shaw, who has compared winning in South Africa to climbing Everest and K2 combined. But first, it's the legendary former Lions head coach, Sir Ian McGeekin, on what we can expect to see on Saturday. Both teams, I think, have shown what they're capable of. Lions played really well that, that second half of the first test. I think everybody knew South Africa would come out with the physicality and the intention to make sure they could have win in the second test. And, and their second half performance was was very good. Practically, dumps it through, Lacanuan. Can he get it down in goal? I think he might have done. He's dotted it down. I think both teams know what they can do. They've had good halves and they've had bad halves. It's who puts it together on Saturday. Tim Telfer made the, the famous Everest speech. I mean, this is, this is like Everest and K2 put together. So that's... that's... That's how tough it's going to be. But, you know, they're capable. The Lions are capable, without a doubt. They've shown it in the first game. Uh, both games have been titled. The, the second test scoreline wouldn't necessarily reflect that as much. But but it's still still tight margins. And I fully believe that they've got the capability. It's, uh, it's just whether they believe it, ultimately. Go out, enjoy it. Remember how you've got here and why. And finish it off. And be special for the rest of your lives. England's cricketers put in another poor performance with the batters. They were bowled out for just 183 on the first day of the opening test against India. Only captain Joe Root made a half century, but he did become his country's highest ever run scorer in all formats. At the close of play, batting coach Marcus Treskothic spoke to the media. Scheduling is always an issue, and I think uh, trying to get the balance right for the batters moving into test series, of course you would want them to have played a certain amount of red ball cricket going into it. But we all appreciate that trying to get all the cricket in for what you need for the players across the whole summer and county teams, the 100, all these different competitions going on. There's no easy solution to get this right and, and something always have to give. But of course, we, you know, we don't want to use it as an excuse, but we want to, we'd love to be out the fact that we could get more time into them out in the crease, bowling with the red ball, facing with the red ball, and the preparation be slightly better, but it's just not the way. So you've got to find a way and, and get into it in a different fashion. And for more on the cricket, check out Talk Sports following on podcast. You can get that podcast wherever you got this podcast, basically. On to Southampton's Theo Walcott now, and he became an unlikely star of Channel 4 sitcom Peep Show and some bizarre birthday messages he received when he turned 30 because of that reference. 
I've always got the 3-0 Walcott millions. Jeremy's planning to sell the headline 3-0 Walcott to a tabloid newspaper when Theo Walcott turns 30, and we've agreed not to argue whether that's a good plan. It is a good plan. I did. I actually generally did. I had numbers. that I, I didn't even know who it was. And I was just getting all these, and obviously social media, loads of stuff. It blew up then when I turned 30. Yeah, so, yeah, there was a lot of very strange messages that, and I generally had no idea what it meant at first, and then someone had to tell me, and... Yeah, you just reminded me. So, yeah, that was, that was good fun. Well, thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. That's none of my business. There will be another one of these TalkSport daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.